Now, it's Health and Wellbeing with naturopath Peter Mullen. It is that time. Health and Wellbeing. Peter is here. Peter, I, I'm not too fussed on your timing today. Good afternoon, by the way. <laughs> Good afternoon. So, What's wrong with my timing? Well, this program runs bang on lunchtime, correct? Am I <laughs> That's right? That's right. Yes, yes, yes. Your topic today, Beginner's Guide to Intermittent Fasting. So I can never wait to get out of here to, to get a sandwich when we're done usually. And now you're like, I know you're hungry people, but it's time to learn about eating no food. So you go sell that, big boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've, you've given me a good task there, but um, there's actually a lot of health benefits to constricting the amount of time we mm. actually eat in a day. So, yeah, maybe you could try giving up lunch today. Peter Mullen is here today uh, trying to sell the concept of intermittent fasting, a beginner's guide to it. He's doing it right at lunchtime. So uh, we can do this. If you can do this, Peter. You reckon uh, I'm, I'm, I'm you're doing okay. Uh, a serious, serious start on this, though. Um, there are some benefits to the idea of intermittent fasting. So can you, you take us through uh, where we land on this? Well, it's, it's actually a really interesting concept because the, how we worked out, like, um, you know, even for a day, you know, eight, mm. 24 hours in a day. So basically it was worked out that there's three lots of eight. We need to sleep for eight. So this was all worked out with the industrial age. It wasn't because... Didn't need a calculator for this one, did they? Didn't need a calculator and it wasn't based <laughs> around real health issues. Mm. So eight hours a day... Um, eight hours of sleep, eight hours of work, eight hours with your family. And then the idea came up, like over the years, of having three meals a day as well, breakfast, lunch and dinner. And, you know, traditionally that's over a 12-hour period. You know, breakfast at seven and then dinner at seven, you know, and then ish. seven-ish yeah. and then your main meal in the middle of the day. So um, what what the research is sort of suggesting, and there's a fellow in um, America who I really like called Sachin, or Sachin and a Panda? Mm-hmm. Such an Ander Panda? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like Panda. Panda. Yeah. He's so anyway, so guy, Peter. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, he's done a lot of work on um, circadian rhythms and, you know, us getting back in touch with nature, that we get up with the sun and we go to bed when it gets dark. Obviously, that's a bit early, particularly with daylight saving, makes it a bit trickier. But anyway, so, he, the, so there's a lot of cultures around the world traditionally that have done fasting you know, saying it's good for our soul. But what his research is sort of suggesting is that if we restrict the time frame that we eat within, it allows the body a lot more time to um, detox, repair, um, fight cancer, um, boost our immune system, whole host of things which we'll go into in a little bit. So the idea is that it sort of mimics more, um, you know, fasting and famining that you know in in the the you know hunter gatherer days food wasn't available for us to be eating all the time and interestingly every time we eat yes they didn't have a Woolworths in 500 bc right no they didn't yeah. they didn't have refrigeration mm. you know they so and the idea is that um um when we don't eat or mm. the the idea is that every time we do eat it does trigger an inflammatory response in the body so interestingly every time we eat it's actually aging us so the more we eat, the more often we eat, the more wear and tear on the body. So that's interesting, what, isn't it? Well, like, it is because once again, your body working against you. Um, <laughs> I know there's a bit of stuff in and around uh, fat and weight loss, which we can get into in a moment as well. But um, the idea that while we're not eating, uh, our body can be sort of doing all those other sort of you know, backroom functions, like you said, repairing and um, yeah. and, yeah. and cancer fighting and all that. W what's the relationship between the fact that food's not going in and we're not devoting anything to that to the fact that it can actually be often doing those other functions? 
Well, uh, a lot of the research that um, Satchananda Panda has done is around um, that our we have a we have a, a clock that our body that our brain runs to, but that our cells have a clock as well. That our liver, you know, detoxes more particularly at certain times of the day. And in Chinese medicine, we've always talked about the liver detoxing between one and three a.m. when we're asleep. So our cells have. Our gut cells have a, a, a clock when they work best to be digesting and when they work best to be repairing. But if our body's in repair mode and we're shoveling more food in, which turns the repair mode off mm-hmm. and puts us back into digestion mode, then we're interfering with the body's natural cycle of repair and digestion, etc. So the idea is that, um, for starters, when you eat throughout the day and never skip a meal, your body adapts to burning sugar as its primary fuel, which down-regulates enzymes that utilize and burn stored fat. So eating regularly actually keeps us in that sugar-burning mode and makes it very difficult for us to get into fat burning. So as a result, we start to become progressively more insulin-resistant, start gaining weight, and most efforts to lose weight become more ineffective. So we're sort of training our bodies by eating regularly six more meals or even three meals a day. We're training our body to stay in this sugar burning mode and not to touch our fat stores, which traditionally we would have had feast where we had a lot of food available put on body fat and then we would have had famine where the food wasn't available and then we'd burn body fat. So so kind of in in a yearly cycle you're kind of doing this in a, a more macro sense in those days. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. But in in to, traditionally these days, we're in, um, you know, feasting all the time. Like the food's available for us all the time. So there's different versions of um, the intermittent fasting or this mm. idea. Time restricted eating is probably a better way to describe it. Mm. So what I do, I um, have breakfast about ten thirty in the morning, and um, I'll have a smoothie, protein smoothie with cacao. Um, chia seeds, protein powder, and I use an unsweetened coconut milk and ice. And then lunch, I'll have um, about one to one thirty. I'll have a salad, and I think I've got salad and chicken today. And then dinner of a night time, we always try and eat between six and seven if we can. So what that means is, from seven o'clock of a night time, I won't eat again until ten thirty the next morning. So how many hours is that? Five. About fifteen. Fifteen and a half. So it's kind of like that sixteen eight cycle, which I think's ideal for people to to give it a go. Peter, let's let's try and do the real selling part of this. The some of the health benefits of doing this are <laughs> uh, very very uh, varied. So uh, let, let's get into those. Well, the one one interesting thing before we start on that is that um, what's important to realise that in order to lose body fat, like mm. our body doesn't like to burn fat for fuel unless it's got no other option. So whatever we're having sugar or carbohydrates in excess in our diet, we're always going to burn sugar first, particularly with how we've trained our bodies to be sugar burners. So, um, yeah, time-restricted eating actually is a great way to help promote um, the body to get back in fat burning, which so, will, is so definitely one of the benefits. In other words, there's nothing new coming in. It looks for the new stuff first. It's, well, there's, that's nothing there. Well, what have we got? Oh, we've got some fat over here or some. we've got some something in the storage pantry. Yeah. We'll now start working our way through that. Yeah, because your body won't burn stored fat unless it's um, you know, got no other fuel source available. So um, intermittent eating, fasting or uh, cyclical eating, which we'll get into mm. the hows and whys in a moment. So some of the benefits. So there's been, and again, a lot of research around this, improved insulin sensitivity. Now, what that means is that anyone that's pre-diabetic, 
may really benefit and it may actually help to make them become more sensitive to their own insulin and may actually pull them back out of being pre-diabetic. So it's, it's kind of exciting stuff. Um, boosting the immune system. Um, so when we're not, as I said, when we every time we eat, it does trigger an inflammatory response in the body, albeit that's what needs to happen, but um, that place, places a, a role or, or puts pressure on the immune system. So immune system is better. Um, reduced oxidative stress and inflammation. Um, That's a bit of a, almost a, a given, isn't it? Because you mentioned earlier that every time we eat, that does trigger an inflammatory response. So therefore, the lack of or the diminished amount of eating we're doing has got to drop that off. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, increased growth hormone. So by eating less, it stimulates the body's own production of growth hormone, which we need, particularly as we get older, to help maintain our muscle mass. So um, stimulation of um, or production of more efficient mitochondria. So our energy production improves and improve metabolic flexibility. So our weight management becomes mm. a lot easier as well. And we also normalize what's called ghrelin levels, also known as the hunger hormone. That one I like. I like that you left that to the end too, Peter, because that's kind of like almost the thing that's going to get you to the stage where you're like, this does gradually get better over time. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's really exciting, the benefits of this, and it's not that difficult to do. Mm. Um, and what um, really seems to make a big difference, or what, what we found, Dana and I, when we first started, I can go, uh, like my blood sugar levels are fairly stable. I can not eat and I don't, my energy levels don't crash to the floor, whereas Dana's always had trouble balancing her blood sugar levels which I suspect is because she doesn't swing into fat burning very easily. So mm. if she doesn't eat for a period of time, she's always been a person that has to have breakfast the first thing. So for her to push her breakfast, otherwise she gets really um, tired and a little bit cranky, if I might say that. Did I say that out loud? It's too late. Too late. Too late. Um, so, but, so that was the challenge for her. So she's now up to the same as me, 10.30 with her breakfast. But the way she did it was she'd have you know, maybe a, a glass of the smoothie at the, her normal breakfast time and then slowly just push it push it back. But now she can go through to 10.30 and feels a lot better for it, clearer-headed and more energy. and oh, yeah. Good stuff. All right, some great benefits there. Heading to the phone, uh, good afternoon, Catherine at Spears Point. Catherine, what's your question for Peter today? Hello, Peter. Um, I want to ask about um, transverse myelitis. My husband um, collapsed at golf course in March. Yes. Um, he hasn't been able to walk on his own since then. Okay, okay. Um, look, transverse myelitis is is a pretty, you know, like obviously it's um, where the nervous system just is not functioning properly anymore. Like um, has he had, he's obviously been to see his doctor and specialist and all of that? Yes, yes. He's in hospital at the moment. Yeah, look, look, from a from a naturopathic point of view, something like transverse myelitis is such a complex sort of case. Like, there's no real quick um, suggestion or answer I can really give you over the radio about that. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's just a um, um, a time of grief that I'm going through. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. And, uh, you know, wanting uh, my husband to get well. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can really understand that. Um, and it's really important that you get support through this time as well because it is a really tricky condition. And, um, yeah, you're going to need a lot of support and help yourself through this time. 
Catherine, how long before he gets out of hospital? Have you got that? Um, have they give you that information yet, or is it still a bit of a wait? It's still a bit of a wait. Um, they're uh, they've gone like even though he's in hospital in March and he was there for four months, came home and then he went backwards with his legs. Yeah, yeah. And um, they've tried a uh, trial and void, like uh, with a catheter because you can't we yeah. Yeah. And that yeah. was a failure. And um, I'm just looking at, you know, any answers I can get. Yeah. Look, as I said, it's it's such a difficult condition. Like, there's not just one thing that, you know, that jumps to my mind that will make a dramatic difference without, you know, really looking at his whole whole health. And that's sort of the angle we tend to come from more naturopathically. But... What I would suggest in the meantime, like he's in the best place possible while he's getting tests done and, you know, they're trying to sort out what's going on with him in hospital. But um, have you got, you've got good support yourself? Have you got kids yourself that can keep an eye on you? Well, yes, I've got a, a lovely daughter, Tanya, and she's supporting me. Beautiful. And, um, yes, and a lovely friend, Joan, and... Um, okay. Well, look, that's yeah. most important that you stay good to be able to help your husband through this time. And um, maybe when he's out of hospital um, and you know a little bit more about what's going on, um, I'm more than happy if he wants to give me a, a phone call and um, I can have a bit of a chat and then just see from there if there's something I can think of or recommend. Thank you so much, Peter. Thank all, you. all the best with everything in the meantime. Uh, just before we get into the, the, the actual nuts and bolts and how to dip our toe in the water of intermittent fasting, Peter, uh, you, you, you just want to throw a disclaimer out there? Your word, not mine? <laughs> well, no, it's just one of those things like if, you're, if you've never done anything like this before, if you're on a lot of medication, mm-hmm. um, if you are hypoglycemic or diabetic, this isn't something just to sort of launch into because you'll throw all your levels out. Um, if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, need to be extra cautious with fasting. So always make sure you speak to your, your medical practitioner or your naturopath um, if you want to give something like this a go. doesn't mean you can't do it, but you need to do it in a very sensible yeah, cause, sensible fashion. Because the concept of this, this is just not like I woke up late and I skipped breakfast today because I was late for work. No, this, this is, is a, a, a lifestyle change. Yeah, mm. absolutely, consciously. Right. So. If, we, if we've ticked all those boxes, we're okay to do it. Um, how do you suggest that we, we get into this? Well, look, what what has worked really well for me, like a couple of patients have told me that they skip everything and they'll just have lunch and dinner. I think that's too much of a stress on the body. And to my mind, if you're not eating till lunchtime, you're relying on a lot of your own adrenaline and nervous hormones, which we don't want to be doing that either. So I'm a big fan of, say, aiming for breakfast at 10.30 and, again, smoothies are a great start but you want to have something with protein in it as well you don't want to have like i had a lady this week this was just interesting and when we got down to the nitty-gritty she was having a cereal for breakfast with milk no added sugar an english muffin and then an english muffin with honey so but what i pointed out to her was that the the breakfast cereal she was having that would break down in the body to straight sugar milk has sugar in it and then she was having an English muffin, which bread breaks down to starch, which is glucose, and then honey. So in essence, she was having the equivalent of, I don't know how many teaspoons of sugar for her breakfast. So or even before she started for the day, she was giving herself a big whack of sugar, which mm-hmm. is going to unsettle the blood sugar levels, etc. So anyway, so you want to make sure you're having something with protein, fats, 
minimal carbs or lower carbs at 10.30, and that's why smoothie's good. Um, lunch between 1 to 1.30. And again, salad and protein, maybe some brown rice or quinoa, um, or you might have a wrap, you know, with um, salad. So you've got some, you can have some carbs there. And then afternoon tea, usually, um, Dana, I'll have, I'll have some maybe... Um, some half a dozen blueberries and a strawberry, a couple of strawberries cut up with a tablespoon of coconut yogurt. And then dinner, we try and have between 6 and 7 p.m. And then really big tip, don't eat after dinner. Leave it then till eating the next morning. So we're on a, like a 16-8 cycle. And I'd probably do that, um, I'd probably do that six days a week. Weekends, I might have breakfast if I'm, if I'm up, if just we go because. out for breakfast, just to mm-hmm. change it up a little bit. Now, some people do a 5-2 cycle. And with a 5-2 cycle, it's where you have five days of your normal eating, but two days a week you might drop your calories down. I think um, a lot of people are doing the 5-2 is like two, two days a week have only 500 calories. That's also a, a type of time-restricted eating or intermittent fasting as well where in those two days you've, you're seriously dropping your calories down over the whole week. So that can help with staying in fat burning as well. But... You know, I'm, I'm a fan of doing it, doing the everyday cycle, at least, say, five days a week and then weekends, break it up a bit and then come back and just see if you do feel better for it. What I tend to find is that um, I'm looking forward to having something to eat at 10.30, but I find, like, I train faster, so I'll go to the gym and I won't have anything to eat still till 10.30. So, to my mind, I'm getting rid of any excess sugar in the system. Mm-hmm. I'm tidying up any free fatty acids that don't need to be floating around. And I'm giving my gut and my digestive system a good rest, ready to start to eat around that 10.30 mark. All right, a couple of things to consider. Obviously, the big one, of course, that if you're in any of those special groups earlier, don't do it. Yeah, or talk to someone about about it before you do. All right, uh, some advice to the rest of us. I'm I'm not sure you completely sold me. (laughs) Um, I get get the why and all of that. Um, It's interesting that you've got that afternoon little hit as well between your late lunch and your your dinner. Yeah, and sometimes you don't need that, but sometimes you're better off to have that and then you're not starving hungry Mm. when you get to dinner. And then you're more likely to sort of not over... And the trick with this is I spoke to someone the other day that was doing the, the lunch and dinner thing, but then she was having really big meals. So that defeats the purpose mm. as well. You still want to just stick with your your normal size or slightly undersized for what we currently all probably have these days, meals. <laughs> and then, you know, retraining ourselves to, to eat less food at a time as well. It is a process. Peter, thank you for your guide, your beginner's guide to intermittent fasting. Uh, you, appreciate it. Are you going to have lunch today? Are you going to fast? No, lunch. <laughs> lunch is on at <laughs> one o'clock. I might sneak out quick and just snaffle your lunch. You don't know where to find it. It's not in the fridge. Um, All right, mate, thanks for that. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.